Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Identity part seven. And um, the last one, I know people are saying, wow, this is a lot of the problems of identity uh, that I've been going to at great length, but this is the last ver section of that. And then we'll move on to some of the <clears throat> responses that have been developed and are uh, useful uh, philosophically and personally for trying to address some of these difficulties. But I've been um, dwelling on this on the difficulties at length because I think it is often overlooked how many and how layered the problems that we encounter in the modern world are for developing a strong sense of identity and belonging and you know unity of culture and these sorts of elements and and what you see generally in the general media or news or self-help books or whatever is like hey you know there's this problem or this little thing or you know there's some it's a political divide or it's a well you know yes and no yes that's always part of it i would say but no that's not really the whole story because it really is a multifaceted very complex layering of difficulties and just to recap of course so we've moved from our our Early ancestors, um, the you know the sort of uh, the primates, the social apes who begin to appear. What at the Pleistocene barrier right there? Is that where it is? Pleistocene. Anyway, right after the Pleistocene, uh, we start to see the the social apes develop, um, our earliest relatives, and we're an offshoot of them, of course. And our early civilization, where we have you know hunter gatherers and other tribal groups that expand slowly until you reach the modern world, where everything sort of falls apart on us. Uh, um, and we've been disoriented in time and space. We've lost our sense of ourself. We lost our sense of being in communities where we think other people know who we are. Uh, and we don't have the sort of guidelines of the various hierarchies that have been pulled away. And much of this has been eliminated in the name of personal freedoms, which on one hand are very positive, but on the other hand create this vexing series of unanswerable questions, or at least difficult to answer questions, for which our society, I think, just has not evolved a good response yet. I mean, in the historical span of civilization, the problems that we've encountered have developed slowly and in a relatively recent time frame. You know, generously over the last 300 years, they've really become prominent, but more specifically over the last 150 or so, they've become a question for the general population and certainly over the last century. In the history of civilization, that's a very short time frame to try and address address sort of fundamental uh, social difficulties. So last note on the disorientations before we move on to some of the possible reflections. And as if all the things that we've talked about were not sufficiently problematic, and man, are they sufficiently problematic, over the last 50 years, it started earlier, of course, again, where does everything start? Uh, but over the last 50 years, but certainly over the last 20 years in particular, um, something has happened that make all of these problems vastly more troubling. And that is the developing of marketing. And it's important to note that m the trick of most marketing, 99.9% .9 of marketing or 90%, whatever, very high percentage of marketing, is to make you feel like you need something that you certainly almost don't need. And the way you do this is by you exploit people's insecurities and their desires. And those insecurities and those desires are often, if not invariably, a byproduct of all of the identity difficulties that we've discussed. So our culture not only gives us these disorientations, here a free gift for you, they also, and again, this has developed over the last, you know, 20 years, 
to an incredible degree, but it's been developing throughout the century. And 50 years, certainly in the last 20s, to a degree that's almost unimaginable, we're facing this unique challenge where our weaknesses, our disorientations, our dis-ease with the world, which again is often a byproduct of the structure of our culture that we've inherited and we don't know how to respond to very effectively, is being manipulated and exploited for the profit of large and small companies. And this comes in any number of forms. And it's, just, it's an easy joke. We all know, oh, yes, marketing, it tries to prey on people. So on one hand, yes, that's all we, we know that. But on the other hand, it's important to note that it's not just, oh, preying on us in a small sense. It actually is undermining and attacking precisely those weak points that uh, are inherent in us or are exacerbated in us by our culture, which is our lack of sense of belonging and identity. And this is, yes, we'll look at, of course, lots of specific examples, but we should be familiar with most of these. So if, if you feel loved and surrounded by a community that's supportive and helpful and reinforcing of you, you are much, much, much less uh, likely to purchase things that feed a sense of a need for belonging or identity. And as a general rule, you only advertise things that people don't need or want. Because if people needed and really needed and really wanted them, you don't need to advertise them that much. I mean, the exception is when you have a crowded field of goods. So it's not like I'm, I'm against marketing totally or advertising, but it's important to note where this has come to. So people want say, clean hair, right? We have a cultural standard of cleanliness and varies all over the world, fine. You know, you need some sort of standard, great. Um, so you need shampoo. Now here's the thing. The shampoo works. There's different shampoos. They work differently, but basically shampoo works. So how do you get somebody to buy your shampoo? And the way you do this is you convince them in somehow that really they need this shampoo to be beautiful or to have the most beautiful hair or to have the least possible dandruff. Um, that's the surface level. This is very clear. <clears throat> this is not confusing. We're used to it. But the way they do that is they present models who are um, basically artificially unobtainable beauty standards. And so the underlying message is if you want to be beautiful like this, you need to use our product. And if you use our product, you will be beautiful like this. So that's the reciprocal root there. Now, again, let's go back to our whole identity problem. I want to be handsome. I want to be beautiful. I want to be attractive. So I'll buy this product. But how do I know that the people who see me know that I'm beautiful or attractive? See, it's an insoluble problem because I go, oh, well, I've, I've got the right shampoo. I've got the right pants. I have the nice suit. So the people who see me should know, but then what if I'm in an environment where I don't know if the people who see me know? Well, I'd better look and see what they're wearing. You know, how do they do their hair? <clears throat> What's going on with their shoes? Oh, ah, crap, right? Um, and, you know, this extends to every possible part of the world. So there was this, this, this phenomenon, which I find quite fascinating, and I don't know if it's still going on, but it was kind of a thing for a couple of years there, maybe two, three, four years ago. And this was called rolling coal. And people would modify their trucks, to diesel trucks, to blow lots of oil and, and black 
fumes. And they would, when they passed uh, either bikers or uh, Priuses or sort of environment, the people they identified as not our kind of people, sort of environmentally wrong people, they would then, you know, hit a button or pull a lever or something and then their engine would just blow black smoke all over them and ha ha ha, isn't that great, isn't that wonderful? And what it was, is, is think about this now, is what people are doing here is they're saying, if you drive a Prius, you're the kind of person who's bad. But what's bad about you? What's bad about you is you're the kind of person who looks at me and does not like me. Now, I don't know this for a fact, of course, because I don't know who the hell's in that Prius. But if I'm driving my big truck, I think, oh, that person is saying that I'm a bad person. And so if you're going to say I'm a bad person, then I'm going to fight back. And I'm going to fight back in this funny way because I think I know who you are. And therefore, when I blow this black smoke on you, you'll be all upset. And so then, haha, I've struck back at you. You thought you were striking at me with your Prius? Well, I'm striking back at you. Now, the person in the Prius probably doesn't know the people in the truck, and the people in the truck do not know the people in the Prius. And yet this whole identity war goes on. And then people buy uh, Prius. What's the plural of Prius, by the way? I don't know. I have no idea. So people buy a Prius or mini Priuses. Priuses? That just sounds terrible. Prii? I have no idea. Um, so that people will buy a Prius so that well, people will look at them and think, oh, they're the kind of people who care about the environment, right? It's a way of signaling that, oh, I care about the I'm the kind of person who cares about the environment. And then that's why the other people think, oh, you're saying that I'm not the kind of person who cares about, right? And so all of this signaling goes on. And all of the decisions that we make are all about, or not all, but often about trying to signal to the other people that we're the kind of people who are not bad people or uh, at least maybe good people. But of course, we don't know how the signals are always being taken because we're surrounded by strangers and we're often in changing environments. Driving my Prius through the nice, you know, upscale, environmentally friendly neighborhood and everybody waves, driving it through the rural countryside you know, I get diesel smoke blown on me, but, and then you can reverse that. I'm driving around the countryside in my big diesel truck and everybody waves. I go into town and all of a sudden I'm like, Ooh, even if I'm going to be macho and pound my chest and say, Hey, hey I don't care. You can tell that they care. That's why you have rolling coal. That's a, it's a way of, of, of caring. And so this sort of identity wars are exploited continuously by marketers. This does not help. And this is not by chance. Uh, marketing companies employ basically were completely outnumbered and outmanned and outthought because marketing companies spend billions or companies spend billions and billions of dollars a year, many billions to hire psychologists, marketers, a child psychologist, which you would think would be illegal, but it turns out it's not for these people to hire child psychologists, thousands of the finest minds. And their job is to say, hey, what can we do to exploit people? How can we get at their weaknesses? How can we dig into their subconscious and lever some fear or some insecurity or some uh, desire that we can grow and expand and then we can grab onto? And they say, oh, we're just selling people what they want. That's what they always say. You know, it's a free market. It's a free country. We're just selling people what you want. Well, Yes and no. What you're really doing often, if not almost invariably, is you're trying to exploit people so that they'll buy something that you have that almost certainly will in no way help them 
with the kinds of problems that you're not just exploiting, but you're actually exacerbating. And to be in an environment where billions and billions of dollars are being spent on psychologists, psychological research, psychiatrists, child psychologists, careful marketing studies, so that your individual weaknesses can be tracked and exploited, um, it's not really fair. <laughs> if you think about it, it's like, hey, I get up in the morning, I put my pants on, I go out in the world, and I'm being assaulted by some of the finest minds and some of the highest technology with billions and billions of dollars backing it, and I'm just supposed to wander through my day and have no problems or concerns. Now, this is not how it's going to work. These, these people know what they're doing. They're very, very effective often at, at the kinds of exploitations they're able to achieve. And again, we're all familiar with this, but just two examples is they know, for instance, uh, food marketers at grocery store, we all go to the grocery stores, um, and what they learned and what they've d discovered is like, look, uh, who are the best people for selling stuff to you, to you? Your children. So what you want to do is get at the children. Hello, child psychologist. By the way, if you're a child psychologist and you work for a marketing company, you might want to look at yourself in the mirror and think, I need another job. Because what you're doing is you're exploiting children who do not have the intellectual capacity to defend themselves so that you can heighten the profit of a corporation. That seems like a dubious proposition to me. So what they've worked out is like, hey, you know who, children never buy anything because they don't have any money, but their parents have the money. So haha, how do you get to your parents? Through the children. That is the best way because the parents are probably overwhelmed already with stimulus. But the kids tend to have less direct stimulus, and so we're better able to reach them. And so I've seen this work in the grocery store. I'm sure you've seen it too. But they put the kids' stuff down low where they can reach it. And as the moms or the dads have one or two or three kids, and they're just trying to get through the grocery store because they've got a hundred other things to do and they're tired, and the kids just start in on them because they're like, have seen it on the TV commercials. They've seen it on the cartoons cartoons sponsored by kids like sugary candies. I mean, again, hmm, dubious ethics there, but all right. The And they grab it and they say, you know, hey, I want this. And dad's like, no, you can't have that. And like, I want this. And mom's like, hey, no, we're not going to buy that. And it just grinds them down. Slowly but surely, it grinds them down. And then you get the great, all right, you can have one. Pick one, but then we're not doing this anymore. And then so the kid says, okay, you know, I want this one. Great. So they get that one. And then two aisles later, the kid's like, no, 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 no. I don't want this one. I want the other. Like, well, you pick this one. Okay, right. Well, we'll put the other one. Okay, well, fine. But just this is it, right? This is it. And so you have, you know, if you have two or three kids and you make your way through the grocery store, well, that company just sold, you know, 15 or $20 worth of almost invariably poison for massive profit at the cost of creating this incredible tension and fatigue in people's families. That's that's the price that's being paid. It's not the money. Who cares about the money? It's this tension and this fatigue and this co confrontational relationship that is generated on purpose so that they can sell, I don't know, dinosaur-shaped sugar bombs. I mean, and this does, and we just look at this and we go, well, that's the way it is. And true, it is the way it is, but, you know, wow, right? And, and so right there at the core of the family, the marketers have worked out, ooh, let's leverage these kids against their parents. This is not selling people what they want. 
This is not saying, oh, well, people just buy what they want. No, this is carefully manipulating them and their children to put them in environments that have been designed to cause them fatigue, to overwhelm them, and then to leverage that tension so that the kids can get a little angry and edgy and the parents can get a little angry and edgy. And the only solution is, well, okay, fine. We'll just buy this damn thing. Right? And that and that model is, you know, just multiply it by a thousand times. And it, but it, it, that's just one, like, okay, the family, one of those core institutions we'll talk about more in the, in, in the next couple of installation, installations, no, installments, episodes, what are these, lectures, whatever they are. Um, that it just goes on and on and on. Oh, uh, for relationships. So, you know, the, are, are you the ideal wife? Are you the perfect husband? Are you the beautiful girlfriend? Are you the beautiful boyfriend? Right. Just keep working that because you can say, oh, if you're a real good boyfriend, you would get her the diamond ring. If you were the really good girlfriend, you know, you would wear these clothes or you do, you know, and that sort of not helping, this is not helping people have healthy relationships. This is exploiting insecurity and doubt to cause tension in a relationship because then that tension needs to be resolved. And then when that resolution is sought, which is not going to be a real resolution, it'll be a sort of artificial panacea, you make some money. Um, And again, this goes on big ways and it goes in little silly ways. So for some reason, and this just struck me as I was thinking about this lecture, um, my, my social media is basically just Instagram because I like the pictures. Pictures are fun, like the Instagram. But the ads, I just can never figure out what they're doing with the ads. But recently, I've been getting these ads that are basically, what would you call them? They're um, just, oh, like nonsense science. Like they, they look like they're science, but they're not. They're just, they're just bullshit. Uh, and the ones I've been getting lately, which I have no idea why, where the algorithm decided I was interested in this is, you know, um, amazing technology pulls fresh water from the air. So I'm like, what? Now, now this isn't a big deal, but it is this slight tax where I have to stop if I actually read it and see it and go, what are they talking about? Right? they pull fresh water from the air. Now, first, amazing technology. I live in the Pacific Northwest. The notion that fresh water comes from the air is not like this astonishing revelation of technology. We call it rain. Um, It happens pretty regularly. Indeed, a better technology would, we keep fresh water from falling from the air. And for some reason, there's some movement or something. I have no idea what's going on, to tell you the truth, where people are saying, oh, we can... You collect water from the air, which is, of course, people have known how to do this for a long, like you know, hundreds, if not thousands of years. This is not magic technology. Um, evaporation and condensation. Hey, hello, what do you know about that? And so all these amazing technologies, theoretically, are doing something wonderful, but they aren't because, you know, physics sort of slows things down a bit. Uh, and it's not to say that they might not be able to refine this process at some point and make it viable, but it, the question you want to ask, which is the question they will never answer, of course, is what is the energy density of the water that's being harvested? Wells are great, but depends how deep they are. If your well is 10 feet deep, well, it's easy. You can pull it up with a bucket and dig the hole. This is not a problem. If your well is 100 feet deep, ugh, this gets challenging, it, it, you know, sort of limits of what human power can do. If your well is five miles deep, you need a lot of energy. 
So what you're interested in is, is the energy density of harvesting water from the air more or less than the energy density of digging a well or of filtering surface water that might be available? Now, that's an interesting question and certainly, you know, calculable and soluble, but they have not cracked that. This is not some sort of magic technology. This is just stupidity. But what it is, it's sort of a witchcraft tax. So all of a sudden I'm seeing ads. And I'm like, well, this, why am I seeing ads for witchcraft? Why are they trying to, they're trying to confuse me. These ads are trying to confuse me and convince me that some sort of magic technology has been developed. But when I know, you know, the laws of physics are pretty moderately stable, at least, you know, there seems to be some continuum over time with those. And until they get some sort of really efficient catalyst, which they may develop, but has been not developed yet, it's going to be a rough go of it. It's just energy, which is fine. So, but I don't, I still, like I said, I still don't know why this ad is there, but it is this slight tax on sort of credulity. And I have to kind of fight it a little bit. I'm like, why do, why do I have to pay a little tax to go, no, that's just ridiculous and slide by. I don't, you know, it's, it's just, like I said, this is just microscopic, a teeny tiny one, nothing compared to kids like fighting with their parents in the stores to exploit you to buy some candy. I mean, that's a huge tax, but this is tiny, but we're facing these teeny tiny or large taxes almost, you know, just in, invariably inevitably day after day moment after moment after moment and it's not just in the advertising or marketing world it's that sort of the advertising marketing thought has bled out into all kinds of areas and it creates this notion that oh there is something wrong with you and therefore it needs to be fixed and maybe that's just the core of it that's the you know when we start looking at solutions that's probably one of the main things we have to get over and this is not brand new, of course. This is sort of the secret of something like Christianity. This is the trick. It's like, oh, you're a sinner, therefore you need forgiveness. Well, it turns out when Christianity, when Christian missionaries discovered lots of groups that didn't think they were sinners, they had a really hard time selling the forgiveness bit because they're like, oh, we don't think we're sinners. Like, no, you are. I'm like, well, we don't think we are. But we have, a, we have a Savior. We have a Messiah. And it's like, why? For what? Well, he saved. He died for you. And it's like, why? Because you're a sinner, but I'm not a sinner, right? Christianity only works if you buy that first bit. If you go, oh, I'm a sinner. Oh, well, then I do need to buy me some, some Jesus over here, right? And I'm going to need some of God's grace to, to rescue me because I'm a sinner. But that, that sort of marketing idea, you know, that sort of you can see it quite clearly in that environment is everywhere. Oh, if you don't think you're attractive, well, then you need some things to make you attractive. If you don't think you're physically fit, you need to buy some exercise equipment to make yourself physically fit, as if exercise equipment makes you physically fit. I just love that complete uh, <laughs> sort of detachment. What Exercise makes you physically fit, uh, not not uh, exercise equipment. In fact, I, I, I follow a woman on Instagram who is, she's a, a physical fitness uh, coach. Uh, what do you call this? I guess, a, yeah, a, a trainer, physical trainer. That's it. And she actually put a post up that shows um, her helping a client do a very specific kind of, you know, careful, healthy, you know, movement system. And then, you know, she said number of like, you know, seven. And then she put some woman in a teeny tiny bikini with some sort of crazy dietary supplement that's supposed to, you know, make everything great. And she has number of likes, you know, a million eight hundred and seventy five thousand because the helpful physical trainer who's actually doing something to create health 
and and partner with someone and and and, and help improve their overall sense of well-being but that's boring right because you don't need weights you don't need basically you need a relationship with someone who wants to help you be physically healthy i mean there you go uh but ooh beautiful bikini ladies with you know dubious dietary supplements if i drink that i'll either be the bikini lady or i'll get the bikini lady now this is very much more appealing and it appeals to my insecurities oh i'm not that beautiful oh my girlfriend doesn't look like that oh you know i do need to be healthy i you know i'm not the kind of person i want to be so okay that supplement i'm on it right let's go that's going to get me there it's not going to get you there but that's you know this continual process something is wrong with you and here's something that's going to fix it. The fact that what we promise will fix it is, of course, never, ever, ever going to fix that. It just doesn't seem to bother anybody. In fact, it doesn't derail the system. This is, the, this is another problem with the Enlightenment, you know, sort of the notion of uh, knowledge will set you free. Eh, it turns out sometimes, but not very often, right? So we, we know this doesn't work, and yet somehow the system doesn't stop working. So there you go. We know it's crazy. And yet it functions. And it functions because even at one level, while we say it's crazy, at another level, we have a society, like I keep saying, that has disoriented us, disor created disorientation within us to such a phenomenal degree that inevitably at some point we're just going to fall for this and because, you know, we do, we do feel it. It's, the marketers aren't crazy. They're right. We do feel it. We do have these basal emotions that are not being fed, that are off balance, that, that we do feel those stresses and tensions and insecurities quite, quite, you know, uh, powerfully for all the reasons that we've been exploring. But to exploit those um, for the purposes of just taking advantage of people, wow. Uh, and again, I, I would like to say not all marketing has to be this way. And you see some good marketing, particularly usually when you get sort of more in the core elements of, of some sort of specialty or area of interest where, you know, the marketing ends up just being like, hey, this is what this thing or product or this is what it is, right? It does this, it does this, it does not do that. It's probably good for this. It might do that. It's probably not going to help you with this. So if you're interested in it, we would love for you to buy one, but, you know, don't be confused because we want you to be happy with it. And, but the, you know, general more uh, consumer goods world is just off the charts. Um, yeah. And because we're surrounded now by the algorithms, for instance, Amazon, for some reason, thinks I have a Kindle. I don't know why it thinks I have a Kindle, but if I search for a book, it always tells me here's the Kindle version. And all I can imagine is it's because they make more money from Kindles than they do from actual books. It's the only thing I can see why, because I, I don't have a Kindle, and they must know this, right? They, they know these sorts of things. And so they're trying to convince me to get a Kindle so that I could get these quote-unquote cheaper versions from which I'm sure they must make a lot more money because... Apparently paper is no good, but I don't like, I don't, I mean, I've never liked a digital text, so I like to read book books, but they don't care about that. They don't care what I want. They care what they want to sell me. And so we're inundated with these sorts of algorithms. And at some point you can get just fatigue from fighting algorithms, like going like, no, this isn't what I want. Why won't you show me what I want? Well, they won't show you what you want because that's not what they want to sell you. And that's the magic. I mean, I was, I was thinking for a long time of why, you know, Facebook and Amazon and Google are all pushing these little home pods that you can talk to, which just seems bizarre and dystopic science fiction to me. 
And then, you know, I, you see these commercials for them and they say, oh, you know, hey, what's the, uh, let's order a pizza. And you just talk to the little box and say, hey, we're going to order a pizza. Okay, what do you want? Great. I'm like, God, this is crazy. A, I don't understand why people want this. But B, why are they pushing it? Why are they just pushing, pushing, pushing? It's like, oh, it finally dawned on me. If I, just to stick with the pizza example, if I have a little box in my house and I go, hey, Ed, I don't know, is there one called Ed? They need one called Ed. Hey, Ed, um, I want some pizza. What, order, order me a pizza. Oh, how much is it worth to be the pizza restaurant that Ed is going to suggest first? And second and third, right? Oh, it's worth billions, right? This is billions and billions. So if I can get the market cornered for a couple of million people who are going to order pizza or order, get their dog a shampoo or uh, ask for a, a mechanic or just anything that you might just go, oh, hey, I need a blah. I need a, a, a good pizza restaurant. Where's the nearest coffee shop? They're not going to tell you the nearest coffee shop. They're going to tell you the nearest coffee shop that's paying them a royalty to tell you who's the nearest coffee shop. That market is so fabulously, you know, just that's a pile of gold. And it's like, oh, of course they're trying to force these things. Of course they're practically giving them away and they want them in everybody's home, plus all the data they collect and everything else. But this is not to help people. It's always pitched as, oh, we're helping you, we're helping you, we're helping you. What problem are they solving? Right? What, they're not solving a problem. They're convincing you have a problem. Of course, you're a sinner. And then saying this thing, which we can exploit for our gain and which really does not help you, in fact, exploit you, will help you in your life. But think about what it needs for this to be functional. If I say, hey, whatever, Ed, um, you know, who's a good mechanic near me? Now, the response is going to be, again, the mechanics that pay to be listed in Ed's services. But also note what this means is I don't know people and I haven't been in this community very long. If I have to ask what coffee shop is around me, that means I don't know coffee shops and I haven't been in this community very long. And part of what they're doing is they're exploiting and actually increasing the sense of isolation. Don't trust yourself. Don't go out and explore. Don't talk to other people. Those are all bad ideas. If you really want to know, if you want a good recommendation, if you want a good referral, you want to talk to the little machine. The little machine is here to help you. Those other people, and I actually saw a commercial that, that, that this implied this, that people were like, oh, we don't know, and oh, they're that place, and they're looking over at the place that's kind of sketchy looking, and they're like, I don't know about that coffee shop. I don't think it was a coffee shop. It was a restaurant. But, you know, you get the idea, and it's like the idea was like, oh, well, you don't really know these people, and they're not giving you very good suggestions, but hey, Ed, and Ed's like, oh, you know, da-da-da-da, and then, of course, then the happy people are in the beautiful place, and they're being seated at the nice restaurant. It's like, you know, thanks, Ed, for the tip. And it's like, wow. So again, not helpful, but not just not helpful, actively undermining your sense of the reliability of your community, of your own experiences, of your sense of the world around you is now being sublimated to an algorithm that talks to you. This is not good, ladies and gentlemen. This is not good in any way, shape, or form. 
So this is the last uh, uh, element of sort of the negatives before, again, we'll turn now in, in, in sections 8, 9, and 10 uh, to the positives and looking at other cultural responses and historical uh, and, and cultural uh, cultural institutions that have developed in different places and different times to address aspects of these problems. Um, but I, but I, I would, I mean, homework, I guess I can't help but give homework as sort of in my training, but I would ask you for the next week or so to just pay very close attention, as close attention as you can to these subtle kinds of and often not subtle marketing cues that are designed to disorient us and then sell us basically false orientation. And what I found is once I sort of started internalizing this recognition of that's what's really happening at a deeper level, that this, this notion of, of trying to get us a bit off kilter and make us feel a little guilty to make us uh, nervous or anxiety-ridden or status-conscious or uh, worried about our weight or our beauty or our wealth or whatever it is that they're trying to prey on, that that level of disorientation is is destructive, right? Really destructive. Again, particularly when you recognize that this is going to be coming at you continuously. It is coming at you continuously. And if you can just sort of explore that a little bit, I think you'll find how all of the problems that we've discussed and that are pretty clear and that we know about are being profoundly amplified by billions and billions of dollars being spent and invested in psychologists and, and, and algorithms who specialize in amplifying, right? It's an accelerant. So take a problem, take a little fire, pour gasoline on it. This isn't by mistake. It's not a, an unfortunate byproduct. It's the core thing itself. And basically, I think, along with everything else that's happening, it's driving us a little bit crazy. So uh, there you go. This modern technology being applied to marketing and the exploitations of people's insecurities is really, really unhelpful within the context of an environment where people were already feeling disoriented enough just by the forces of cultural evolution and the development of civilization and modernity, you know, in an unplanned fashion. So that combination is incredibly powerful and I think needs a clear and well-articulated response. We'll see if I have one. I may not, but, you know, I'll do my best to, 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 to get us starting to think about uh, some of these problems. So there you go. Thank you very much.